You're listening to The Real House Witches of South Wales, hosted by me, Jack, and Laura, and brought to you by Son of Saturn. Son of Saturn is an esoteric company based in Wales, creating handmade candles that are made for your spiritual and witchcraft practices. All of our candles are made with the intention of offerings to your patrons and deities and scented with their attributed scents, such as pomegranate for Hecate and sandalwood for Selene, goddess of the moon. You can find these candles along with crystals and tarot and astrology services on the Son of Saturn website. The link can be found in our show notes, or you can type in sonofsaturnco.com or sonofsaturnco.etsy.com and find all of your spiritual tools there. This podcast brings spirituality, witchcraft, the paranormal, and more together. So sit back, light some incense, relax, and enjoy the show. The Housewives of Wales. <laughs> it's not the Housewives of Wales. House witches, yeah. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Real House Witches of South Wales. The real... So, um, thanks everybody for coming. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, absolutely. So, um, yeah, thanks everybody for um, joining us on this um, episode. Um, We are week three into October, and our themed episodes of um, Halloween, Samhain, witchcraft, and death. they're the topics we're focusing on. This week, uh, we are discussing the Salem Witch Trials and the history around the Salem Witch Trials. Uh, But if you haven't listened to the episodes before this, we had one about the history of Samhain and we had one about the history of Halloween itself. So um, yeah, go listen to those. Uh, First thing we should probably say as well is thank you so much to those who have left reviews for us on um, Apple Podcasts. Please go and do that if you haven't already. We would really appreciate those reviews. Go to Apple Podcasts right now, leave us a review. It helps boost us and it gets us kind of in the charts and all that sort of stuff. Um, And also, what should be celebrated is we found out that we were featured on a website. We found out we were featured in uh, the top 20 witchcraft podcasts to listen to in 2021. um, And we were number nine. Uh, So, Laura, what did you think of that? I mean, yeah, number nine, not even like number 20 top 10 material clearly literally literally we were top 10 we were top 10 exactly that at number nine in feedspot.com so head to that and have a look at us there's some other witchy podcasts uh, around us as well um i like to think it's not um in order because clearly we are the number one podcast to listen to in the witchcraft category but number nine i'll take that that's absolutely fine i don't mind yeah i mean for this year and then next year it will just be at number one like for the whole year Exactly, exactly. And, uh, you know, this is why it's so important for you to go and leave some reviews for us so that we can get into the Apple podcast charts, because uh, at the minute we're not in there and that is actually quite offensive. God, yeah. What about Spotify? I mean, there's no charts. Are, are there podcast charts on Spotify? I don't know. But if there were, why are we not on it? <laughs> Uh, yes, there are podcast charts on Spotify. And again, we're not in those charts. So I'm just saying, guys, <laughs> why yeah. aren't we in them? Something's <laughs> going on here. Literally. Yeah, yeah. We need to be in those charts. Also, happy Scorpio season, everyone. Oh, my God. 
Happy Scorpio season to you. Yeah, love it. Halloween is coming. Yes, it is. Yes. And Laura, we spoke about your Scorpio placement before. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's my time. <laughs> Literally, it's your rising. Scorpio risings. <laughs> <laughs> Literally celebrate the Scorpio risings, the Scorpio moons, the Pluto and Scorpio generation, um, Scorpio suns. Um, for me, Scorpio north node. Let's just celebrate it. Oh, yeah. Because my Pluto isn't actually in Scorpio. Oh, yeah, I love that. <laughs> oh, don't. <laughs> it left me shook. Literally, when I, when I realised, it actually left me shook. I'm born in Feb, and I've got... Pluto in Sagittarius, not Scorpio. Shuck. Yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit offensive. Yeah, there's something, something's gone wrong along the line. I tell you what's offensive: people not leaving reviews for us on Apple. Just seeing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that as well. Yeah. <laughs> So this episode, we are discussing the Salem witch trials. Of course, very famous um, stories that go on there in um, from the history of Salem and, of course, around witchcraft. And it's in popular culture. Like People will know about Salem witch trials. Um, but we thought we would go a little bit into the history and a bit more in depth around it. Um, Laura, before we go into the history, what do you know about the Salem witch trials? You know, like, what are your views? What are your opinions? Um, do you have any thoughts? Like, let me know. Well, you want to know my most important thought about the Sin and Witch Trials? D92 was a cultural reset. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it literally was. D92 changed my life. Well, I mean, it. What a year! <laughs> what a time to be alive! <laughs> it changed everything. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, explain more. <laughs> sure, okay. So, um, Laura's mentioned it there, 1692. So, let's discuss what happened in 1692. Well, guys, in 1692, the Salem Witch Trials happened in the spring of 1692. Also, isn't it interesting that um, we think of that Salem, Salem Witches, as being quite popular in like, the Halloween sort of time period. That actually didn't happen in that time of year. It happened in the spring. I thought that's just something, you know, quite interesting that it's associated with Halloween. Um, and even like the, the city, you know, the place itself is busy on Halloween, but the actual event didn't happen anywhere near the autumn. So true. Literally so true. And there's a lot of interesting things that will come up as we discuss this. But that is so important that you've said that, because that is literally the most important thing you could have said in this very moment. And this moment was very important. And it was important that you were saying <laughs> those really. things. So um, thanks for saying that important message, because that was quite important to this story. Okay, thank you. Thanks. <laughs> Genuinely, that was a valid point. Yeah, it was. Um, it is interesting to think that. And I guess that's kind of why... We have this sort of, you know, that's it's because witches are associated with Halloween. I guess people go there for Halloween. You know, it's become the place that embraces witchcraft now. But that wasn't at all the case in the spring of 1692. So in 1692, as we said, the Salem witch trials happened in Massachusetts after a group of young girls in Salem Village, as it was called then, claimed to be possessed by the devil. So these girls accused several local women of witchcraft, and then because of that, panic and hysteria spread throughout the colonial Massachusetts and a court intervened to hear the cases. So Bridget Bishop was first accused and convicted and she was hanged in June. 18 others lost their lives on Salem's Gallows Hill, while 150 men 
women and children were accused over the next several months. So where did kind of all of this come from? There was genuine panic that this little village in America was under the devil's hold, basically. So belief in the supernatural was very strong, uh, particularly a belief in the devil's practice and presence. That was very strong. The belief that the devil was giving witches the power to harm others in return for their loyalty had emerged in Europe as early as the 14th century and was widespread in colonial New England. We also have to consider that there was a rural Puritan community of Salem Village, and this included the after effects of the British war with France in in the American colonies in 1689. There was also a smallpox epidemic, fears of attacks from Native American tribes, and rivalry with the affluent community of Salem Town, which was just nearby. So there was a lot of tension and stress that was being caused here, and that was a catalyst for fueling suspicions and resentments towards their neighbours. However, in 1976, a study was published in Science magazine, which claimed that the hallucinations, vomiting, fitting and muscle tensions experienced by the first girls could have been explained by a fungus, um, which is found in rye, wheat and cereals. So this fungus was fungus ergot, um, and that was what they believed was in the rye, wheat and cereals. So they theorised that bread had been poisoned with this fungus and prompted the residents to hallucinate what they experienced. So the idea and the belief is that a lot of the things that people were experiencing and were accusing people of was actually brought on by this poison, basically. So let's go back to 1692. So in January 1692, nine-year-old Elizabeth Paris and 11-year-old Abigail Williams, daughters of Minister Samuel Paris, began having fits. Now, these fits included contortions and outbursts of screaming. A local doctor, William Griggs, was called in and he diagnosed it as bewitchment. Other young girls experienced similar symptoms, including Anne Putman, Junior, Mercy Lewis, Elizabeth Hubbard, Mary Walcott and Mary Warren. So come late February, a Caribbean slave, Tituba, along with two other women, homeless beggar Sarah Good and old and poor Sarah Osborne, were arrested. This was because the girls had claimed that these women had bewitched them, causing their fits. These three women, witches, if you will, were brought before the magistrates, Jonathan Corwin and John Haythorne. They were questioned while their accusers fitted and contorted in the crowd. Both Sarah's claimed innocence, but Tatuba confessed. She claimed there were other witches acting alongside her in service of the devil, against the Puritans. This caused panic amongst the community, and this spread into Massachusetts. More people were then accused, including Martha Corey and Rebecca Nurse. They were both regarded as upstanding members of church and community. Then the four-year-old daughter of Sarah Good was also accused. So straight away, we just see how panic started to kind of seep in and take over, basically. All sorts of, like, rationality, if you will, were kind of gone or mostly being ignored. Um... Did you know about the bread theory? You know that it was it was poison. Did you did you know about that? I didn't know about um, the bread. So I knew that there was like a scientific. You mentioned nineteen seventy six. I knew that there was some sort of investigation, but I didn't know that the result was, you know, bread. But I suppose it, it does make sense for it to be poison. But yeah, it is. You know, it just shows the hysteria, especially the fact that a four year old girl was one of the suspects. 
and one of the, well, one of the women who was accused was a Caribbean slave. So yeah, it just shows, well, yeah, the rationality <laughs> out the window, really. Mm -hmm, definitely. And I think it's interesting as well that uh, Tatuba, you know, she was the one basically first accused and she was the first to admit. She was the first to say, yeah, I did it. I bewitched them. I was a witch. You know, I did this. Um, and I think that's interesting because, you know, it's easy to say that she did that because she thought it would spare her life. And maybe, and you know, it's more than likely that's what she was doing, you know. She was trying to be helpful, compliant in this sort of investigation so she wouldn't be killed or she'd be pardoned or something like that. But, I mean, it's interesting, you know, maybe she was, you know, maybe she she was a witch. You just don't, you don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I, 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 I hear that she did confess, but I'm not sure the reason why. If it was to save herself, then why? <laughs> We'll talk about her and the kind of fate she had as we go on, but let's get back to kind of what was going on. So several of the accused witches confessed and they continued to name others as well. So they followed Tatuba's lead, basically. Uh, the trial soon began to overwhelm the local justice system. So William Phipps, the newly appointed governor of Massachusetts, ordered the establishment of a special court of Oyer and Termina on witchcraft cases for Suffolk, Essex and Middlesex, of course, being in America, not here in the UK. The judges convicted first woman, Bridget Bishop, on June the 2nd, and she was hanged eight days later. Five more people were hanged in July, five in August, and eight in September. Seven other accused witches died in jail. Giles Corey, an elderly man and a husband of Martha, refused to enter a plea at arrangement, and he was pressed to death by stones being added to his chest, which is a horrible way to be killed. Um... Part of the accusing was people claiming they were seeing spectral evidence. So they were claiming they were having visit visitations in dreams. They were seeing shadows. They were seeing ethereal visions of accused witches. Um, and that's kind of what was going on there. People were saying, well, I saw her do it. Um, but when they asked how they saw them, oh, I saw her in a dream or I saw her uh, spirit or something like that. So Cotton Mather, the minister, warned of the evidence being dubious. Um, now, people ignored him during the trials, um, but eventually his father joined him in calling for standards of evidence to improve. Basically, they didn't think they could be convicting people and saying people were guilty based on evidence that was unprovable, you know, that it was in a dream or something like that. So... The trial started to dwindle, and by early 1693, May Phipps had pardoned and released all those still in prison on witchcraft charges. Um, now, you know, we talk about the Salem witch trials, and it's very popular to say witches were burned at the stake. Um, but did you know that actually none of the alleged witches and the ones convicted were actually burned at the stake in Salem? Did you know that? Oh, yeah, I knew that. Yeah, I knew Salem was... You know, it, it was hanging. That was the method. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is a uh, um, popular in media, but yeah, I did know that that was it was actually hanging that was used. What I don't know though is when the ducking stool, when that came, you know, at what point history that came into effect? Because you know, the ducking stool was quite a, you know, ducking in the water. That was a popular method as well. But I don't know if you know at what point that was actually used. Yeah, yeah. So for the people listening, you know. Can you tell us a bit more about that method? 
Yeah, the ducking stool. Oh, it was um, it was used in the medieval times and into the 18th century as well. So it would have been used at this point, maybe just in different countries. Maybe it wasn't really used in America at that point. Um, but it was, you know, the the, suspe the suspected witch would just be tied to like a chair and then ducked into a river or the lake. And then the idea was if she, you would die anyway, because if you drowned, well, you drowned. <laughs> it means you weren't a witch, but you still died. Um, then if you survived, then you were a witch. So you were killed because you were a witch. <laughs> so either way, it's, um, yeah, it's not a great outcome. Yeah, but that wasn't obviously how they uh, punished the Sainan witches, but it was used in probably a lot of other witch trials. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, back in Salem, none of the alleged witches were burned at the stake. So 19 women and men were taken to Proctor's Lodge to die by hanging from a tree. Uh, Bridget was one of the ones who was hanged. Sarah Good, Rebecca Nurse, Susanna Martin, Elizabeth Howe and Sarah Wilds were executed. Five more were hanged and that they included Martha Carrier, John Willard, Reverend George Burroughs, George Jacobs Sr and John Proctor. Now, People by the names of Lydia Dustin, Anne Foster, Sarah Osborne and Roger Toothacre, they died in jail due to the unbearable, unbearable conditions. Um, they were waiting in situations that weren't good. They were waiting for their fate to be given to them and they died in prison because it just wasn't good enough for them. Um, so what happened when they died was their corpses were thrown into just shallow graves um, because they were not given or granted Christian burials due to what they were accused of. So their bodies were literally just discarded and just thrown randomly. Um, but Rebecca Nurse, John Proctor and George Jacobs were eventually retrieved by their families and eventually they were given Christian burials. Um the belief that witches were burned at the stake, that comes from the fact that more than 50,000 of accused uh, witches around the world were punished by fire for malevolent witchcraft during the European witch hunts during the 15th century. So some were burned alive and others were hanged or beheaded. Um, and of course, like you say, they were dunked in water as well. Um, but the belief of killing them like um, by fire or beheading them um, that was done because they believed it would stop post-mortem black magic um, but this didn't happen in Salem it was you know like we say it was hanging and mostly that um, while mostly women were accused men were also accused and convicted and killed because of being involved in the occult um, these men were not well liked in the community and many were outspoken against the witch trials so because they had views on it and they didn't go with what everyone else was going with they were killed now of course predominantly it was women that were being killed um, and this simply was because they were opinionated and they had bad and i'm using air quotes there bad reputations due to their unladylike behavior simply because they were just a little bit different they weren't following conformity they they had views they were using their voice um and they were you know tarnished for that and killed for that um so yeah it kind of just felt like a lot of people were kind of just being accused and called witches simply because people just didn't like them yeah i knew there was one woman i can't remember which one it was what her name was like you say who just had a bit of a reputation i think she married someone that people didn't approve of or she like 
ended a marriage and they married um, like a servant or something. And that's the reason why she was accused. So yeah, like you say, she's all these uh, petty reasons for just being a bit different. It feel, feels like, you know, if you didn't like somebody, you could just say they're a witch and then that person would be arrested and either kept in jail or killed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I didn't know much about the men. I knew, I knew there were some men that were accused, but I, I thought it was because they were, like, seems like an accomplice of maybe the wife. Um, so, yeah, I didn't, didn't know much about that side of it. I think as well it's important, you know, that, that kind of talks about the history of Salem and, you know, they don't really know why it happened and there isn't a solid answer to why it happened and there probably won't ever be. You know, the theory that it was poison bread is probably a very likely theory, um, but it could just simply be because of their religious beliefs, you know, and the the way they believed in superstitions and they just followed it. You know, they followed that sort of outlook, you know, the belief that somebody was a witch and being bewitched and, you know, if they were seeing visions or claiming to believe the visions then, you know, it's, it's hard to truly say what it is. Um, and of course, witchcraft has been around for centuries. People have practiced witchcraft for centuries. And we're talking about people invading countries, but we're also talking about people being taken away from their own countries and used as slaves and they all bring their beliefs with them. You know, there's all sorts of things happening there, isn't there? And I'm not saying that these people who were killed were witches. And again, we will we'll never know if they truly were witches or if they truly practiced witchcraft. But, you know, maybe some of the claims weren't unfounded. Maybe some people were actually witches. It's just fascinating to even think about where this all came from. Yeah, and it was like a few months in 1692 that became, like, you know, quite a big part of American history, because when you think of American history, you do like to sometimes think about like the 17th century and like the new world and the, you know, the pilgrims and this sort of time. And it was the time when James I was obsessed with witches as well. So it was just that, you know, it's, it's well known with that sort of time in general. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So I think it's important to kind of just speak their names you know i i know that may so sound so like corny or whatever but you know this time of year we honor the dead we you know we think about the dead the veil is a lot thinner and we're talking about innocent people here um and so i think it's just kind of important to remember their names so we should probably say them so there was sarah good sarah osborne bridget bishop rebecca nurse elizabeth howe susanna martin giles corey sarah wilds george burrows george jacobs senior martha carrier john proctor john willard martha corey mary eastie mary parker alice parker Anne pudator william reard margaret scott samuel wardle senior Anne Foster, um, there was pregnant Abigail Faulkner Sr., who was pardoned, Dorcas Hall, Elizabeth Proctor, pregnant and pardoned, Sarah Pease, Dorothy Good, Sarah Morey, Daniel Andrew, who fled before being caught, John Alden Jr., Ephraim Stevens, Shanna Alderson, Philip and Mary English, Cynthia Boris, Mary Bradbury, William Barker Sr., Lydia Destin, Mercy, daughter of Sarah Good, who was born and died in prison. 
John, son of Elizabeth and John Proctor, Anne Foster, who died in prison, Mercy, daughter of Sarah Good, who died in prison, Roger Tufaker, died in prison before trial, Mary Black, slave who was arrested but never tried, Elizabeth Hutchinson Hart, Israel Porter, Sarah Cloyce, Thomas Farrier Sr., and of course, Caribbean slave Tatuba, who was pardoned, and we don't actually know what happened to her. She left Salem, and her fate is kind of lost in history. The mind, I've just been reminded about, um, I don't know much about this, but the Blackpool Tower Dungeon have started this kind of petition to pardon the Pendle witches. And it literally just made me think of that. I've, I read this a few weeks ago. I don't know much about it, but that just reminded me of it. <laughs> we should talk about the Pendle witches eventually because, again, that's another interesting theory. And uh, again, we assume they were witches, but we don't know for certain. And we'll have to do a, I'll do a bit of research on that as well. And we can talk about that. But, you know, people should be pardoned for sure, you know. And I think actually Salem did pardon these people. I think Salem has now put these people on a plaque and they are honouring them instead of what's happened in history. Um, you know, I think I think they recognise them now for being innocent, of course. Yeah, I'm sure there's loads of plaques, you know, if you go there. Yeah, it probably does have that kind of atmosphere. Yeah, which we should go there one day. <laughs> We should go there, definitely should go there. And of course, Salem is synonymous now with Halloween and of course witchcraft. There are plenty of witchcraft shops there. Uh, you go there and expect it to be spooky and that's probably why people go around Halloween because it's so spooky there. There's a lot of magic there. A lot of practitioners in Salem. Lots of people now honouring and practising witchcraft in Salem. Um, but yeah, definitely we should go to Salem. It's such an important part of American history like we said an important part of witchcraft history um, and yeah we should go visit like 100% we should go visit maybe not at Halloween like I would like to go at Halloween and I think I will but I'd also like to go when it's a lot quieter <laughs> yeah like a few weeks before maybe when it's autumn or fall as they call it let's go for fall <laughs> let's go for fall oh my gosh you go to the mall on the way <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, so thanks everybody for listening to this episode. Um, we hope you have learned something about Salem. We hope you are now thinking about these people. And maybe for Samhain, you can honour the people who lost their lives at Salem or just the people who were accused but thankfully were pardoned and didn't lose their lives. Um, it's a good time to remember, of course, your ancestors and many of the spirits. But maybe this year... Spare a little thought for the people in Salem. I'm sure many people are, but that might be something you might want to consider this Samhain. Um, so, yeah, thank you for listening. Next week, we will be back with the history of death. We're talking about the history of death. We're talking about death itself. We're talking about our opinions of death and our thoughts around death. Um, and we will also be talking um, around, you know, how the Victorians were obsessed with death and all of that sort of stuff. So join us next week. Um, it's actually uh, Halloween and Samhain next week. So you will listen to this podcast on Samhain itself, um, which I think is very special. Um, so, yeah, come join us next week. Um, but for now, thanks for listening. Please, please, please go and review us. Like, let's try and get to like 20 reviews or something like that. Like, please leave us a little review on Apple Podcasts. Um, and I guess we will see you next week. So bye, guys. Yeah, I guess so. Bye.